The Rating Room is a new weekly podcast hosted by Jay and Andy. In season one, we'll be re-watching and discussing one of the biggest movie franchises of all time. You can follow us on the usual social media channels by searching The Rating Room. You can also find more information on our website, www.theratingroom.com. And make sure to subscribe to The Rating Room wherever you find your favourite podcast. The Rating Room. Hello there, and welcome to Sweet Child of Time. It's me, your host, Steve Barnes. I never say my name, but I did today. I remembered. I know somebody else's name. I used to think his name was Marshland Monster, but then I realized he actually has a real human name, and it is James McCollum. He's with me today. Hello, James. I see you with light and shade. <laughs> Thank you. I see Chips Ahoy. <laughs> and every catchphrase in between. <laughs> my voice, I truly just got done recording a song, and if you heard my voice crack, that's why I'm not going through puberty. <laughs> a little too old for that. Been there, done that. I have pubes. <laughs> I have episode seven. I didn't say that yet. We're talking about oh. Wheel of Time today, episode seven, The Dark Along the Ways. Episode three. This is episode three, is it? Yes. Phantom Menace. Okay. <laughs> Everything's wrong. Yeah, that made zero sense. Don't listen to any of that. Episode seven today, The Dark Along the Ways. And James, before we get into this, I, I stepped into a Reddit group that I <gasps> I kind of regret stepping into now. Um, I made a, you know, one of my patented Steve weird memes that, you know, some people got and some people didn't. And I posted it in the regular Wheel of Time Reddit board. Mm-hmm. And then most of the people were, I don't understand this. What are you saying? And then the other half were like, this is great. You should be posting this on r slash wetlander humor, which is like a a subset of a wheel of time group um, that is basically the same thing as like the free folk over there at the Game of Thrones. Are you familiar with that? Absolutely not. Okay. Never (laughs) seen an episode. It's like a, uh, it's a Reddit subset of people that kind of don't agree with the general populace and they kind of have their own way of thinking and looking through these posts and wetlander humor, wetlander humor. At first I was like, I found my people. This is it. Like everybody gets this type of humor. Mm -hmm. I posted my meme there. It was a huge hit. Everybody loved it. But I've soon found out through the comments that another common thread among wetlander humor individuals is they hate the TV show. And these are people that you would definitely call the book cloaks that review bomb stuff and trash talk the show. And I was like, I I love you all, but I don't like this aspect of you. I'm very sorry. Was one of them like, hey, you should check out my IMDb reviews. I go by (laughs) W.O.T. Pierist. I was looking for him. I'm sure he's in there somewhere. I mean, it's it's a fine subreddit with great memes, great jokes, but definitely the TV show haters. They're not liking mm-hmm. episode seven at all. No. <laughs> Which I actually thought episode seven, Look, watching it now, that's usually what my go-to response is like, yeah, I thought Wheel of Time was great. Didn't really care for episode seven and eight. Now I realize it's just, I think it's just episode eight that I have all like the bad memories associated with because- this episode, I the only thing I really had problems with was like the Perrin Ran interaction, but that was just based on book stuff, not on TV viewing. So I really didn't have much issue with this episode. What what was there to have issue with with the Ran and Perrin thing? Was it the 
The only woman I love was my wife. <laughs> that nice lean in with the shadow across Rand's face. What are you insinuating? <laughs> Sir, vocal fry. <laughs> Blank expression on the face. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know, James. It has been a while since we talked. Before we get into Wheel of Time, has there been any other TV shows that you've been into lately? I've been getting into lots of stuff. I started re-watching or started watching the newer seasons that we haven't watched of The Carbonaro Effect. Have you seen that? No, I've never even heard of it. It's a magic prank show hosted by Michael Carbonaro. Okay. And he's very funny. He was in Not Another Gay Movie or Another Gay Movie. I forget the parody situation of that. We watched it for This Movie's Gay. I very much enjoy him. He's very funny. Like His sense of humor is perfect for a reality show that is magic-based. So check that out. But as we're watching it, because one of my friends, PJ from The Rewind, he was pranked on this show because they did a season in Chicago. So we're waiting to get to whenever that shows up. But then I was like, wait a second. I pause it and I'm like, let me go back in these credits. And I'm like, oh, yeah, our best friend, Andrew Melzer, who has done The Street Wizard's Apprentice, Morph Bots, Todd Grobins, and I scored one of his shorts, uh, Special Delivery. I'm like, didn't he work on this show? And I rewind Andrew Melzer as a magic consultant. And the Whoa. reason why he got that show is someone in the production was like, oh, I know someone who can do magic stuff. He worked on something <laughs> called The Street Wizard's Apprentice. And this was a fake it until you make it thing because The Street Wizard's <laughs> Apprentice is just what looks like a homely man down on his luck who is a wizard teaching someone. He lives on the street, okay. and this is someone who is the street wizard's apprentice. It is not a magic <laughs> show. It is a scripted show about a wizard. Everyone should check it out. It's on Amazon Prime for like just to watch. Uh, and I'm like so excited. I'm like, hey, Melzer, look, it's our friend. And he's like, yeah, that's me. And I'm like, dude, you're so fucking cool. The, the stuff you've done. So check out Carbonaro Effect Season 3 when they're in Chicago. Yeah, to bring this to my relation, I know who you're talking about now. I don't know the show, but I know that magician. Mm -hmm. He's uh, appeared on High Maintenance. He did an episode of that. I, I think, think he's like, also been on Never Not Funny, maybe? I don't know about that, but he is great. He was he was mm -hmm. fantastic. He's kind of looks like a square, right? Like yeah. short brown hair. Yeah, this this guy is amazing. Like, and his magic is good too. But the episode of High Maintenance that he was on, he plays like a substitute teacher in a really like rundown, crappy school in like you know central New York. And he's trying to use magic to like relate with the kids, and the kids are all like, "Yo, look <laughs> at this dude. He's fucked." And <laughs> it's it's pretty great stuff. Uh, I've been. I'm not going to go into all the shows I've been watching, but I have been Mr. TV Man here lately. I've had some time to kill this past weekend, sitting in a hotel room for 48 yeah. hours. Uh, I watched all of Swarm, which is Donald Glover's new thing. Okay. And if yeah, if anybody's into like the show Atlanta that Donald Glover did, and you're also into like um, unlikable, unreliable, fascinating main characters, uh, this show is great. It's called Swarm. Nicole uh, might like that. I will not. <laughs> you might. I mean, it has a lot of horror elements to it. So it's the unlikable stuff I don't enjoy. <laughs> okay. Unless it's campy, unlikable. 
then I would like it. But if it's just like a serious show and they're unlikable characters, no thank you. Okay, when I say unlikable, I mean like in the same way that you don't like a serial killer, but you'll watch a documentary about a serial killer, right? Okay. It's, yeah, but that's different. There's a fascination. This was a yes. real person. I'm trying to figure out why they did the things they did. And this one will keep you guessing. <laughs> All right. I've been watching uh, Yellow Jackets. Uh, again, that might be a Nicole show that she might be more into. It's on Showtime. I had to like get a Showtime uh, subscription to watch that one. But it's like about a, a high school soccer team that wins a national championship. Their plane crashes on the way. They survive in the mountains for 18 months. It's a big mystery how they survive and what they do. It's really intense. Season two starts next week. I wish I was doing a recap of that show. I mean, I should be doing it, (laughs) but I'll be doing dark next week. So no dice. Um, And what else we got here? Young Rock. Huh? Young Rock. That's what I've been. That's another thing. We finished that real quick. Yeah. How many seasons of Young Rock is out there? Three, and it's only maybe 36 episodes because the first season was only 10, and then the others are like 13. From my perspective, I've heard you talking about it, but you're the only person that I've been hearing talk about it. So, like, that's a show, like, about, is it based on Rock's youth, but it's kind of uh, fictionized, or is it completely, like, based on his youth? It is based on his youth with comedic exaggerations at time. Okay. Okay, but like every story you're going to see in there is basically true, but just maybe mm-hmm. exaggerated. Pretty much, or like, hey, uh, this is something that happened to me. How can we make this actually good to watch? There's <laughs> right. things like that. Like, And there are times when he's like, that really happened. Like his mom or his grandmother beat a federal, like an FBI case. And on news, she like in this like – public forum she's like i beat my case i'm an innocent woman hey fbi kill yourself and it's like (laughs) how was she allowed to say that and she in the show it became a recurring joke of like oh fbi kill themselves (laughs) it's very funny yeah right on uh i've been watching the last of us like everybody else in america has been and i guess i'm not in america yeah you're over there in chicago which is not part of america anymore mm-hmm, apparently mm-hmm. it's part of uh ireland land i <laughs> i understand they painted the river green yeah but uh the last of us there's a significant thing that happened in an episode where a and it ties in directly with this episode we watched today episode seven of the wheel of time where there is a woman the episode starts it's a cold open with a woman who is giving birth and she is attacked as she's giving birth and she has to fend off attackers while she is giving birth. And of course that makes me think about like our opening scene to this episode where we have Tigraine giving birth and she's defeating like six guys by sword. So this, 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 uh, scene was written for the show. This is not a scene out of the book of wheel of Mm -hmm. time. So it was written probably in 2020, 2021, something like that. And this episode of Last of Us, of course, just came out. So that episode, that was also written for the show. It was not in part of the game. So that was just written recently. Is that a, is that a unique circumstance? Because I've never seen it before. The Wheel of Time is the first place I've seen a woman giving birth and fighting off attackers. Okay, so the... In the zombie realm, that is something that happens a fuck ton because it's like, oh, oh, having a child in the zombie apocalypse, that 
will suck. Also, um, <laughs> the, A Quiet Place did it as well. Um, okay. I don't remember them giving birth in A Quiet Place. Okay. Uh, uh, I do now. Yes. Yeah. They, yeah. They had to stifle all that noise that she was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all these things are so easy to solve when it comes to okay. uh, hordes and creatures that react audibly to move them away from where you want. What you would do is get like a bullhorn that you can control and have multiples in different quadrants. So when you want to get to <laughs> quadrants south right. east or yeah southeast you would want northwest to like go bing 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 yeah so all of them go over there then you shut it off while you're scurrying around in uh, southeast did they not do that in the movie no they didn't i don't i've never <laughs> seen someone successfully do this in any of these mediums and i'm like why maybe the walking dead did it in later seasons i don't remember or i haven't seen them but I, it's just so easy. Yeah. Do that, guys. Maybe it's like the same thing as like having a cell phone in a horror movie where all you need to do is make a phone call and the movie's yeah. over. So they don't want to introduce that to the plot because it's too simple. Yeah. I'm just guessing anyway. Um, I guess the last thing I want to bring up for week about Wheel of Time is like at the beginning of the episode, you didn't hear it, but I dropped it in there. We have like a new ad share space with some buddies at the reading room which is a new podcast, not a new podcast, but it's a new to us podcast. It's got 30 episodes out there. They do a uh, 007 James Bond podcast where they do all the movies in order. And it's pretty great. The guys are uh, across the pond. I'm not going to guess where they're from because they don't say. And <laughs> You didn't go to their like Twitter and be like, oh, that's where they're from. I did. I, I didn't see. They don't okay. mention anywhere. We're like, we are from this city, this place. And so I just know from their accents that they're from across the pond and they have great mics and their voices sound awesome. It's a great podcast and they're featuring us over there on them. So hats Hell off yeah. to you, the rating room. We are talking, though, about our episode, The Dark Along the Ways. Again, The Dark. We'll be starting that in a couple weeks here with Miss Lindsay Dunn. We'll be giving James a break, and he'll be maxing and relaxing while me and Lindsay are working hard over here. Absolutely not. You know, I work constantly. After this, I'm going to eat, then I'm mixing the song that I just recorded. Okay, well, I think we'll be going. I got about two hours marked here, so we'll be done. Uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh. You want to know what? Okay, yeah, you're getting another 40 from me, and then you get to do the other by yourself. Oh, geez, I hate talking about me. I've done it before. I'm not going to do it again. It's boring. Uh, it's fun, but it's also maddening if you keep doing it from talking about Beyblade. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, this Dark Along the Way is rewatching it. Like I said, it starts out with that birth with Tigrain on the, the shores of Dragon Mount, the shores of Dragon Mount, the slopes of Dragon Mount. And she's a redhead, James. I hope you noticed all that nice red hair and that pale skin of hers. Yeah, we talked about this last time. Yeah. So, I mean, in 1899, there was a lot of talk about a brother named Syrian that you never actually saw. But they talked about him a lot as like an antagonist. And so there was always this mystery. Well, our lead character was a red, you know, blatant red. And then there was one other guy on the ship that was about her age, a little bit older, also had red hair. They were the only two reds on the boat. So my assumption is, is that that's her brother. That's the brother that is Syrian, that is everybody's talking about all the time. 
makes total sense to me. So I'm using the exact same logic here. Like, hey, this lady's got red hair. She gave birth. Rand's dad came and picked her up. Kind of seems like Rand is her kid. Seems like all signs point to that. So just using TV logic and just general logic, we're liking that red hair. This is also how you know whoever the blacksmith is for uh, her, this warrior is absolutely a man because no protection on the baby bump. Oh, God, you're right. That'd be like the first place you would do it. Your neck, your baby bump, your head. Yeah. She wasn't wearing a helmet either. I don't think Aiel are into helmets whatsoever. Just- uh, maybe it is like a... In between a normal warrior and a monk, monks, at least in D&D standpoints, usually don't wear armor or barbarians, and they're like kind of in between, hey, keep my my heart safe and that's it, but you got a heart down there in your belly. Yeah, yeah, a little tiny one that needs lots of protection. Man, uh, what about the reds? Yeah, she's red hair, red Aja, the dragon. Why did I write down the red Aja right there? That doesn't make any damn sense at all, James. The red Aja has nothing to do with this scene whatsoever, do they? Uh, the, just, yeah, we don't hear about them until much later. Yeah, so why did I write them down there? I don't no. know. My, uh, my note taker must be whack today, but yeah, that was, that's a nice cold open. And even people who dislike the show, my Wetlander humor pals, everybody's pretty much in agreement that this scene is like the, one of the best scenes of the show, period. And it sure was a cold open. <laughs> it was doubly chilly. And I think this might be the last episode where they got to do some filming without having to worry about COVID. Because mm-hmm. when they were in the ways, in the darkness there, that, that was, you know, COVID protocols. I'm not sure about some of the other scenes. I know in episode eight, it's a lot more apparent because people are standing like in like six feet away from each other, visibly along the walls and stuff. I think this episode, they still did some filming pre-COVID. It's probably good to do it in the ways because like diseases probably can't live there. I would say, and if they did, then that, that mocking shin would just show right up and whip it away. I bet. Yeah. (laughs) The ways you can't use the one power in there. But they do anyway. We on see, accident. On accident, but I know. I yeah, that's why I can forgive her because it's like her instinct is to protect and to like you know protect herself and others. Nynaeve's that is. But at the same time, she, we've seen her like take down three Trollocs with her hands. So that's <laughs> of course that wouldn't help the plot out here. But that was that would have been a much cleaner kill if she could have taken that guy out. With her, with her spear or her knife. But she didn't have any of that. And it was a shock. And they were surrounded. So she's like, oh, I need to act quick. I mean, I guess it's what, have I, what I would have done. I either would have done that or I would have gone, <gasps> and like, you know, jump back. Which would I would have, have jumped off. I would have forever been <laughs> fallen in a void of nothingness. Ah, at least I'm still alive. <laughs> And I hear that void of nothingness actually is kind of like a shower. You just remain clean forever, and that's kind of my dream. You don't pick up, like, particles of dust and, like, filth along the way? No. Uh, Even the oil on your skin, that gets Uh, whisked away and goes into the void elsewhere. That oil, like, protects me from the outside world, so I I don't think that'd be a good idea. I'd get all dry and pasty. No, but this is the forever void. You don't need to worry about that. I'd still worry. My anxiety would still be there. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'd still be you worried would, about my hair. You'd have a perfect complexion, milky white skin while you're forever voiding. I, I'm all, I am forever avoiding James. It's only once a week I talk to somebody, and it's you or Lindsay or, or Nate, <laughs> or it's forever the void by Steve Kostansky, I believe is his name. And you know, there's some like blob thing that's eating people. How about forever intro void with Steve Ooh, Barnes? Yeah, and I'm forever jamming. Um, it's good to see Randon Egwene are cuddling. I like this that they're that they're kind of back together again. But you gross. Yeah, that's what Perrin was saying. That's what Nynaeve was saying. They were like, we want some of that too, and we can't have it right now because this was before Nynaeve hooked up. So this was also. I'm gonna blame Loyal a little bit for the what? situation. Okay. Because he's like, hey, there's this thing here. You don't want to use the one power. And they're like, hey, what, what, wait, wait, but what? what's that thing you warned us about? How important is it? Oh, okay, you're just going to leave and not tell us what would happen if we use the power. No, I think he does tell them, right? Doesn't he say no. Makinshin will come get you or something? What's the Makinshin? And he says, oh, hey, that Aes Sedai, she's walking fast in us, uh, or old gears. <laughs> That's right. We ain't really on the quick thing. <laughs> That's true. That's right. Yeah, that Makinshin did show up, and it said a bunch of evil stuff to everybody. Um, Do you think there's a dark friend, Olgir, who is letting them into <sighs> the ways? You know, that would be this. That would be like one of the scariest things you could ever imagine is dark friend Ogier, because obviously Trollocs are dark friends, but they're really stupid and they don't act of their own accord. They act of the accord of those half men, those those teethy guys. Mm -hmm. So if you had a, a free thinking Ogier that was also a dark friend that could also manipulate people and lie to people and mislead people and lead them into the ways. Yeah, that that would be. I, I I do not think that it was a, that it was a a dark friend Ogier that helped along here, but that I mean, the, just the thought of a dark friend Ogier is pretty scary because he could definitely. I mean, I don't know. He'd be he'd be in line to defeat the dragon. I mean, that'd be a pretty powerful person. All right, I'm just saying it might turn up. It could. I mean, I'm having more leanings towards. Pat and Fane because that's who they're showing us all the time and they're showing us Pat and Fane a lot and you caught you probably caught him at least two or three times in this episode right yeah yeah I mean they pointed him out to him Perrin Perrin pointed him out to us but I mean you can clearly see him a couple of times without Perrin having to tell you I think that was just for the more slow-witted that was for the wetlander humor people. They wanted to point that out. <laughs> well originally I thought that was Matt coming through and he was evil but then you, I was like, oh, okay, he's he's there. Mm, I don't want an evil Matt. Matt's looking pretty evil these days, and we didn't see him at all this episode, so I am worried about Matt. I don't know. I will say real quick that while we're here, we kind of get everyone's abilities peeking through. You get dark vision finally coming up. You get the whispering that uh, Egwene, that's her name, right? Yeah. She you, like you see that you get um, the powers of Nanive, and then Ran. He's not really doing much. I guess I guess you're right, but everybody kind of looks to him for like what to do next. He's like 
kind of has charisma and leadership that may not be coming through on the screen, but it's definitely there where everybody has kind of looked up to Rand for a long time. And I think it had something to do with the fact that he didn't grow up inside the village. You know what I mean? He lives mm-hmm. like on the hilltop with his dad. So I think it's just for the fact that he wasn't around a whole lot that, you know, kind of like he had more of a mythos for people in his village. And they literally used to have to look up at him. Literally. Like he'd be like, hey, y'all. And they'd be like, huh? And they'd look up. Yeah, there's Rand. We hey, look up to you, buddy. He's got one of those long uh, bull horns. <laughs> Ricola. Yeah, he's just like, hey guys. He's got <laughs> yeah. a shotgun bullhorn. Don't forget, he can tear a door down like nobody's business. So Rand is tearing doors down. Don't okay, take that but away we don't from him. See that in the? I wish we had like all their special abilities started being noticed specifically in the ways. Oh, I see what you're saying. All right, that just would have been cool, story writing wise. Yeah, but even Perrin, though, I mean, Perrin's abilities came out a couple episodes back. But what, like, this is when everyone else is starting to see it within okay. the story. Yeah, I get you. Something else happened in the ways besides some cuddling and besides some mocking shin. Oh yeah, the mocking shin saying all the evil stuff, or not evil stuff, but the manipulative stuff. I know it would be telling me I'm a terrible dad and that I, you know, I'm just a terrible person. Nobody likes me. I might as well die. That's what mocking shin would tell me. What would it be telling you? I don't know. It'd be saying you actually do have a big penis. <laughs> And you'd be like, no, I want it to be tiny for comedic purposes. No, uh, I'm trying to, I always think, hey, I have an average size, but then people keep saying that it's not. And I'm like, guys, it is because I'm trying to be, I'm trying to state claim as the average man. And I can't be the average man if something on me is exceptional. Well, who are these people that are claiming that it's big? Are these people that have actually seen it? Uh, uh, one person specifically, you know who that person is. Okay. And the Horror Crunk Entertainment, when I sent in that that unused album cover, they're like, holy shit, Marshland Monster's got a hog. And I'm like, it's not, guys. It's not. It was a fluffer helping me out that day. Uh, no, I no, I didn't do that. <laughs> you just you got sick that, perv. You got that BDE, baby. Come on, I James. don't. <laughs> I have very small dick energy. <laughs> well, if you if you want us to believe that, then we believe it. This is the power of audio. Everybody, Good. everybody who's listening knows it's average at best. Yes. <laughs> what else happened in Mockingjay? Oh yeah, there was a lot of. Uh, Rand sticking up for Matt talk or that no that was later no that was in, that was here in the uh, it was both throughout yeah, yeah Rand loves to stick up for his boy Matt and I hope Matt doesn't turn around and stab him in the back for that because Rand's sweet he loves his boy Matt do you agree with Rand what that Matt's cool like all the stuff he's saying about Matt like Egwene is like a little skeptical of the guy like he's just gonna run off go home he's no help to nobody he sucks Rand's like, nah, he's with us. He'd help us. He's one of us. He's our dude. Like, who's- I mean, they're both wrong. <laughs> okay, well, then what's the right answer then? He clearly knows that he can't help right now because of his current state, and he's probably going to look for help. I hope so. 
I don't think he's going back home. Yeah, I, I don't think I so think either. he's uh, he's probably going to stay in the city. Well, we know he's going to be staying in the city if the Reds get him. <laughs> yeah, that that was something pretty intense. Maybe that's why I wrote down the Red Aja, but that was way before. I still don't know why I wrote that down, but I know now that Moraine sent word to the Red Aja. She sent Matt Cawthon's name to the Red Aja, which was, I don't know, that was that was spooky words. That was spooky I words. I would have sent the yellows. Yeah, or or her or her dudes, the blues. Yeah. That'd be the best. Well, I mean, why would the blues go? Because they are like the spies. Not, I mean, they're always used to traveling, and I don't know. It seems like they would be the the more uh, secretive, and they would be more less prone to steal him or treat him like crap, like the Reds would. I would say. A, a strong yellow with some greens to back up just in case things break bad. Yeah, yeah. Yellow would be good because in case something's wrong, which we know something is. We don't know mm-hmm. the after effects of that dagger, but I don't know. Uh, I would like to say it'd be uh, pretty funny if those locusts got out. What what are they called? Makinshin? If the Makinshin got out and just destroyed the ecosystem around them. You know, like when a, a crocodile is all of a sudden in an area oh, that yes. does not have crocodile <laughs> and it lays eggs and it just lays waste to the indigenous life <laughs> cycle over there. I've got a great idea. Why don't they let the Makinshin loose into the blight and they can eat up all that vegetation and crap? It's just telling the blight, hey, you'll never be as good as a rose. (laughs) Oh, your thorns are crappy with skulls. But yeah, instead of going to the blight, they take a detour off to Faldara because the Makinshin chases them out. We're not Mm -hmm. really doing a recap here, James. We're just talking. Um, We get to Faldara and we meet Lord Agamar, Lady Amalissa. We meet men, and we catch little glimpses of Padden Fane, which we've already talked about. Real quick, imagine if Perrin was allowed to follow up on his intuition. The next episode would not have happened the way it did. Wait, what was his intuition? Remind me. He's like, oh, wasn't that Padden Fane? And then oh, yeah. Naive <laughs> says, oh, no, he's he's he died. Yes. It's like, bitch, you did it. <laughs> <laughs> and I use bitch as in like an endearing thing. I'm not really yeah. calling her that. It's like, dude, no, like if I was her friend, if I was parent, I'd be like, oh, hell no. We thought the same about you. And all of a sudden you're here. Yeah. Uh, Patton Fane needs checking on. They trust him still at this point. They still think he's just the goofy dude who's selling wares, selling lanterns to kids in two rivers. So there's no reason they he would be there. But they but should they, is- they should have followed up with Perrin. You're right. This is a situation of, oh, I'm in Florida, I'm hanging out at Disneyland, and all of a sudden I see my friend from high school, Nate Mumford. <laughs> Holy Christmas! This is, I'm, I'm gonna go hang out with you for a little bit. Yeah, and what if mom was like, no, that can't, that can't be Mumford. Get, uh-huh. get out of here. No way that's him. Yeah. He's, he's still in Chicago. What do you, I mean, he's still in Minnesota or whatever it was you, <laughs> at the time. Michigan. Wherever yeah, they were living at the time. Yeah, there we, third time's a charm. But I'm going to take a quick break, James. When we get back, we're going to go over the rest of the episode. And I also have a quiz for you, my pal. Are you ready for a quiz? Yeah, and I have some another boom of a bombshell plot-wise. Boom. We'll be right back.
current Wheel of Time news that we're up to date on. The only thing we know for now is that Tom is coming back in season three. That's been all over the internet. We know the season two is coming in 2023. That's great. (laughs) And here's some spoiler news. So skip ahead 15 seconds. It might feature all five of Rand's love interests. Five of Rand's love interests. Okay, all right. So I know about one, obviously, Egwene. Yes. There's another one I know about that has been featured on the show, but it's a secret. Whoa! That you probably don't know yet, right? I'm unaware. Okay, yeah. So there's one that's already on the show. Um, I know of another one for sure that hasn't been on the show yet, hasn't even been mentioned. Hope I'm going to be in season two. Okay, the other one, yes, has been announced that she's going to be in season two. The fifth one, I'm kind of drawing a blank. I only know about four of Rand love interests. I don't know of a fifth one. It's James. No, himself. (laughs) He loves himself. He loves (laughs) TL. You got to love yourself in order to love others. I'm kidding. I love Nicole very much and I hate myself. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Would you like me to discuss my theories of who the dragon is? I've been thinking about that during the break. And yes, I need to hear some bombshells. Let's hear it. Okay. So they go to a seer. Right. Men. And everyone's auras are revealed. Okay. We get we get someone has a white aura and then someone has a gold ring. We're not specifically told who has what, but we can assume Nanive has the white uh, aura because we've seen that in her. Okay. And the gold ring is Egwene. Okay. Why do you say that? Uh, I, well, because we know the yellow eyes have like are what's Baron. his face. Yeah. And then Ran has the baby. Yes. So I can only assume that the gold ring is Egwene because we've seen the white, like that's her story arc so far has been like, oh, I'm going to do with this huge gust of white light. (laughs) Right. So I think either Egwene is the dragon. Okay. Or all five of them are like complete the dragon because sure. she the what's the seer says wow this is strange i have never seen this before all of them have these sparkles connecting them right. and we get when ran comes back she the first vision she saw was when this man was going up to battle yes. at dragon point or whatever mm-hmm. And then it's literally what happened in the beginning. The cold open. (laughs) Yes. And she said what ended up happening to this man was like an impossible thing. Like Mm -hmm. this was an impossible person. That implies, oh, he's the dragon. No, 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 no. She said that link between them, never seen it before. That could be the impossible thing. That he is linked and all five of them are the dragon. That in order to have, in order to defeat the Dark One, they have been split into five and all five of them will need to be there. And if Ran or or what Matt was intentionally given that dagger and intentionally made to think that he killed this entire family by maybe a dark friend of what's his face, the Bard. Tom. 
and or just the 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 fade doing that to him, implanting that doubt into him. He is going to leave. So the dark one, hell yeah. Fuck yes. No, <laughs> no problem here. Then the locust, what are they called? I keep forgetting. <laughs> Mock and Shin. The Machin Shin, they implant that memory of like, oh, hey, because this is doubt. They are seeding things that people are doubting themselves at, right. which means like she says, do not listen to these to this Machin Shin. What they are saying is not what you should be following. So he shouldn't be following the thing that like in Rand has been kind of what what would you like self-absorbed a little bit, at least in my eyes. Yeah. So, of course, he's going to be like, well, I'm the person who needs to save everyone. Right. So I guess not self-absorbed, thinking that he needs to protect all of his friends. How do I do that? Well, I'm the dragon. I need to go. The dark one we find out is not killed, which means he is not the dragon reborn or, oh, he's not strong. Like he hasn't been trained enough. No, he needs the dark one. Yes. The dark one intentionally made it so only one of them went because also what's her face was implanted with the Machinchen of saying like, oh, you're going to kill all of them. Right. And she thinks, oh, everyone besides the dragon is going to be killed. This is also good story wise. Like when you're writing this, oh, well, how do we keep pushing this story further? Sure. Oh, we're going to find out who the dragon is on episode eight. No, if we're going to be minimum doing five seasons, which I've heard like they want to do the first five books or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like we, when do we find out who the dragon is in book wise? Um, it's pretty clear by, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much book lore I want to go into. Um, no, I, will say say, book. I will say that book one is written almost exclusively from Rand's point of view. And then book two and book three are pretty, by that point, you're pretty positive who the dragon is. Okay, so I truly think that it's going to be all five of them. They all need to be together. And that's why they're putting an importance on, hey, I I would die for Matt. Like when Egwene eventually right. says that, like, I, it's, I don't have an issue with Matt. I have an issue with you thinking I have an issue with him. But he's not well. Like, he can't help us right now. So I think... It's all, all five of them need to be there. Yeah. And they're all really protective of each other. Like some of them Mm -hmm. more obviously than others, but they all are really protective of one another big time. Um, And maybe Perrin's like love for Egwene he's feeling right now is mixed up with the feeling of being like linked to her by being a part of the dragon. Like you're saying, that's, that's even something that Tom, your dark friend buddy brought up. He's, he said, no, it wasn't Tom. It was Moraine that said that she heard a tale from a bard of a many headed dragon. Yes. See, they implanted like there's these details. It's not Rand. It's all five of them. Yeah. They all five have something going on. You're absolutely right about that. And you put the five of them together and you've, it's like the, like the Power Rangers. You got, you got this huge force to deal with. It's very Power Ranger-esque in that, in that sense. Yeah. Or just any, when you play Dungeons and Dragons and that's like my main sense of fantasy, 
when you play that, if one of them, if all of a sudden the dungeon dragon or the dungeon master is like dungeon dragon, <laughs> the dungeon master is like, you are the important one. You are what saves the rest of the party. The rest of the party is going to be like, well, why the yeah. fuck? Are, like, that's not fun. But if all of us are, right. that's good storytelling. So everyone champions everyone because they know it is all of us. It's right. all or nothing. Yeah, what good is it to have like a warrior if you don't have like a cleric to like help heal them when they get wounded? And mm-hmm. what good is a warrior without a cook to give him food and <laughs> give yeah. him something? Yeah, I'm with you. I like that. So now d- the, the Dark One will be freed because of some manipulation right. with just Rand going. And now he's able to get stronger and then they're going to find out like, oh, it was all of us all along. Yeah. And obviously, if that's the case, then Moraine has been misled because she's, you know, like like I've told you before, like it is like it's not a show trick that you can work your way around. It's like steadfast rules, like what men sees her visions are going to come true 100 percent. Aes Sedai's like a true Aes Sedai cannot lie a hundred percent. And we know Moraine is like the truest of the true. So she's not lying to them. She, she's, she thinks that one of them will be the dragon and the rest of them will die. So yeah, I like this James. I like the way you're thinking. I wonder how quick you could be on your feet with a pop quiz. However, (gasps) dealing with the five dragons, I might say. Okay. Yeah, so we got five dragons. We've got well, I'll just I'll go from the beginning. We've got our boy Matt. We've got Matt who's played by Barney Harris. Okay. He's one of the dragon. Formerly. <laughs> so season one, Matt was played by Barney Harris. Yes. What famous voice actor voiced Barney on Barney and Friends from nineteen eighty eight to two thousand? Oh wow, I don't get multiple choice. Um, no, (laughs) I only wrote down the answer. I can make up multiple choice real quick. Can I figure out, can you give one other role that you know of that this person did? So many roles. Um, predominant voice on Futurama. Oh, on Futurama. It's not the do, is it? I know it's not John DiMaggio, uh, so that it would have to be the dude who is also like Ren and Stimpy, right? That's correct. What's that dude's uh, why name? Why can't I? Why can't I know his? I used to know his name. I cannot think of it right now. I thought this was one that you would just pop off your top of your head just like that. That's why I didn't even think about multiple choice because I was like, James knows this one. We'll come back to it because if you if you can remember it, like in the next five minutes, I'll give you the points. Okay, or give me initials. Mm, not yet, but I will. We'll come back okay. to that one. Our redheaded dreamboat is Rand. <laughs> what actor named Randy went from being a beloved actor of the 80s and 90s to being a political pariah as an ardent Trump supporter and election denier? An actor named my, Randy. I, my guess would be Randy Quaid. Randy Quaid. You got 20 points on the oh, board, yeah. James. Hell yeah. We're looking for 100 points in all together. So you got 20 so far. Okay. All right. So, wanting to see the world is our young Egwene in the movie Cool Hand Luke. How many eggs did he bet he could eat in an hour? Excuse- Wait, you need to repeat that because I was trying to think of the dude's name. I've- is it West or Adam? It's not Adam West. 
last name correct. Yes. Okay. We'll come back to it. We'll, we'll come, come back, back to, to it. it. So, Egg Wayne, how many eggs did Cool Hand Luke bet he could eat in an hour? In what movie? Cool Hand Luke. I've never seen this. Me neither, but I know this answer because it's like a regular pop culture question. I don't know, a dozen? That is incorrect, James. You gave me an answer and it's incorrect. You're going to miss that 20 points. But that was All right. 50 hard-boiled eggs in one hour is the Cool Hand Luke thing. Reference in a Beastie Boys song. So I don't know if maybe that might... Uh, I, thought, I thought you would know that one too, just from the Beasties. On what? Egg Raid on Mojo or... Um, Somewhere on uh, Paul's Boutique, they talk about I, Cool Hand Luke. It's probably in the... Not Egg Raid on Mojo, but the one where they talk about hitting people with eggs. Um, Because first first came the chicken and then I ate his legs, something like that. Something like that. Well, you're still holding cool with... uh, I'll give you 30 points because you got West. You just need to get that guy's first name and you'll get your extra 10 points. But moving on, we got Zoe Robbins, who played our Nynaeve. She also played the White Ninja in Power Rangers Ninja Steel. What fictitious country star played the Gold Ranger in Ninja Steel? Levi. Whoa, you got it. Oh, yes, James. I have total faith in you, man. You're there. All right. If you ask me for his, he used a hamburger phone, but I cannot, <laughs> I don't know his last name. I'm, I'm shocked that you got the first name. I'll give it to you. Levi Watson. Oh, I don't ever think that's ever revealed. Really? I, I've Levi Watson, unless like that's his country name, that is. but they quickly move away from him being a country star because it's a revelation. Spoiler alerts for Ninja Steel that he is the brother of uh, the the Red Ranger. Right. So he becomes the Gold Ranger eventually, leaving this country star behind. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh mm-hmm. man, what a what a undelight he, for for Nashville. What. He balances a little bit of like, hey, I'll do both of these. As you should, yeah. Like, like we balance our lives with our hobbies. Levi should as well. Last question. Hope you get this one right. And then we'll go back to Mr. West. I think you got this one too, James. Perrin is sometimes called, in the books, Perrin Golden Eyes. What actor portrayed the Golden Eye era of James Bond? Ooh, that's Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan, you got it, buddy. Heck yes, man. Nice, James. And so now, <sighs> this man voiced Ren and Stimpy. He voiced multiple people on Futurama. Mr. West, his first name has just one syllable. He's a two-syllable man like Steve Barnes. He's Aunt West. I can't get an initial. <laughs> All right, I'll give you an initial for five points. It's B. West. Bill? You lost your five. It's Bob West. Bob West? Bob West. That's his name. Oh, I, I guess I never like hear that man's name talked about as much as it should it be. It should be. It should be on everybody's tongues, man. This guy is great. He's done everything. Are you looking him up right now? I can see you going to Computer Zone. This uh, this is not the guy that I was thinking it was. Hmm. There's another guy that that I was thinking would be this man. Okay, and who is that man you were thinking would be this man? <laughs> Wait, uh, no, Bob West is not. No, sir, you're thinking of a different person. This guy is was not on Futurama. What? No. Yeah, hold on. Yeah, Bob West. 
This could be a completely inaccurate You're, podcast. No, Billy West. Billy oh. West is... Cause did, I, <laughs> did I say Bill? You did say Bill West. You Okay, all right. Well, give me the five. Did I, did I get that wrong? Is his name not Bob West? Is it Billy West? No, no, no. Billy West is the person from Futurama. Bob West is the Barney. Oh, no. Oh, James, I screwed up again. Oh, I suck at quizzes. And Billy West, because when I saw the face, I was like, that is not the man who voiced Ren and Stimpy and a bunch of other characters. Well, I had a bunch of fun coming up with these questions anyway, even if they were inaccurate. I need to check. It was good. I need to check the accuracy of these other ones. Now, these other ones are absolutely correct. Randy Quaid, 50 hard-boiled eggs, Levi Watson, Pierce Brosnan, Bob West, who is not Billy West. Get your names right, Steve. All right. (laughs) I got a couple more notes. One, an adult totally dubbed that child's voice in the, like, that's an adult voice, not a child's. Wait, where, where are you talking about? In that dinner eating scene oh. in today's episode. <laughs> Which he's like, did you kill all those trollocs? That kind of deal? Yeah. Yes. I think so, too. I think that old man is super delighted. I mean, mm-hmm. he's like the most delighted person I've seen in my life. It was unnerving. But I don't know. Uh, <laughs> There's a scene where Rand's like, oh, of course I would be your warder. Who else would be it? Here's a parody uh, if you want to be my warder, I don't know any of the other lyrics that would be encompassed in there. You got to get with my rand. No, if you want to be my warder. No, like, why would you have to get with my rand? Because that's what it says in the song. If you want to be my lover, you got to get with my friends. Yeah, but you, why would you have to get with rand to be a warder? he's like a one of the fail points. You have to get with Rand if you want to be a warder and be a sword wielder. You first got to get with Rand. Everybody knows that. Okay. Jeez, man. <laughs> well, I know that, uh, let's see. Oh, we get the Nynaeve and Land hookup here. Nynaeve follows Land into the, uh, the dude's kitchen and has dinner with all them, and then they hook up. Mm-hmm. And that's a pretty great scene. I mean, I like all of it. I do not like... I think this happened not in the ways it happened in when they were still talking about what they're going to do. And, you know, Rand is the the voice. No, not Rand. Egwene is the voice of reason, mostly in that room. But when Perrin does like the lean in to Rand, like he's going to kick his ass or something. And like the, the shadow falls across Rand's face and then Rand steps back and like the light just shines up Rand's face and he gives that big Rand smile I love stuff like that. I mean, I think it's telling that, you know, the shadow crossed across his face and he steps back from the shadow and he's pure light. I mean, storytelling, baby. I love it. Oh, maybe. So is he going to become Two-Face? Maybe. <laughs> maybe he'll You're like, Wait, eliminate James, the shadow. What the, <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? In, two fa- in you know, uh, Batman stuff, you always see Two-Face before, you know, when he's just Harvey Dent. Always one side will be shadowed in a face and then the other as he's talking to Batman or someone. Yeah. And then, uh-oh, that's a side that gets all acidy. Yeah. I don't know. I just think that, I don't know. I just like the fact that, that it was Perrin that made the shadow come across Rand's face. And I hope it doesn't come up in the future as some kind of foreshadowing, if we will. Some forehead shadowing. <laughs> 
Uh, we talked about Min, how she's always correct and how the visions that she saw. And I like your synopsis that they could all there's be. Also, hmm? There's also one other thing. Oh, yeah, sure. With her vision. She says, oh, I don't see you coming back because he doesn't come back. Right. Yeah, he runs off. She was right about that one. Was she also right about the rainbows and the carnivals and the three beautiful women? Oh, hell yeah, dude. Like we, five of them are coming back and you love interest wise. I know she said three, but who are these extra two? I think they're just kind of, you know, hose on the side. Maybe I don't, I don't know, Rand. Oh, watch your language, <laughs> sir. Um, carnivals though. I hope we get to see some of that. I, I, we haven't seen like a lot of fun stuff in this world, except for like that first day of bell time. There hasn't been a whole lot of stuff. I mean, I guess the cities are okay, but I want to see this carnival. I want to see what they got going on in that. I love a movie set in a carnival. However, Ghoulies 2 couldn't even be saved by that setting because it's a bunch of that like natural or not natural light. Just the carnival lighting is enough to light your scene. Mm -hmm. And that's why I love it so much. Yeah. Nighttime carnival. Is that you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Even at daytime, I didn't, you know, step by step. The intro is in a carnival setting. (laughs) Well, I think they would have to have daytime carnivals in this world. I mean, I know that Aes Sedai can make lights happen, and I know that candles exist, obviously, but mm-hmm. we want to be resourceful. We want to have our light in the daytime when there's already plentiful light. Yeah. The rainbows, though, um, I actually know what's up with the carnivals. I know what's up with the three women, but the rainbows, maybe somebody can write in and clue me in, somebody who has read the books also, because I do not... Wait, I thought she was just being facetious. No, and I mean, sarcastic. That, that, I think that's what she was. What she actually saw. Oh, I mean, she ain't gonna lie about that shit. She, she's straight up. She's men. Um, All right. And like I said, I know a carnival's coming up. I know three women, but the rainbows. I want to see what that means. I have no idea. You got it. Maybe she misspoke. Okay. Rand bows because he was, <laughs> he was it's Rand bows. with the arrows, which on that he's sitting in bed. And I know like when you are, you're laying in bed and you can't fall asleep because you know, there's a work you could be doing. Mm-hmm. Oh baby. Did I relate to this? <laughs> I hear you. Except his work is he wants to go shoot some bows. Is that what you usually do in the middle of the night? You're waking up. I got to go shoot some bows at some targets. Well, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I am cutting things. I, mm. Uh, in the edit. Yeah, and you're, you're getting it like right on, just like Rand. You're like following the void and the flame and you're getting those edits at the exact second that you need it. Those words are flowing smoothly just as if the the light itself has taken over your podcast. Is that right? Yeah, kind of. I, I'm kind of lax now. <laughs> I am too. Like I have way too much to do. <laughs> no one even cares. Like no one notices... They're like, oh, we, we're fine with it being unedited. And I'm like, I guess. I'm spending so much. People will listen at 1.25 speed, so technically my edits might make it even worse for their listening experience. Yeah, I've gotten much looser on the edits, too. I've uh, Long pauses I take out, but you and I, you and I don't do a lot of long pauses. Um, we talk right over top of each, not on top of each other, but I finish, you start you finish i start it's like just like sex <laughs> that's i'm finished you're finished we're both finished 
Oh, no, no, no. Someone finishes and then the other person starts. And it's like an ever-going process where you're, both of y'all are just edging the whole time? Oh, no, <laughs> one finishes and one starts. Okay. And then the other finishes and starts, and it's the, it's a circular thing. Um, I'm not feeling your analogy on this one too much, James. Well, I'm I think, very hungry. I think that I think that sex is a thing where like you do it at the same time, and the goal that is that was the jo- that was the joke. <laughs> like you wouldn't want someone to finish then the other one to start because then they're like, "I'm done." I I'm on the spectrum. I can't tell when you're joking, James. I just do not know. It's all Ruh-ruh. literal words to me. <laughs> no. we, hey, we talk a, we talk a lot about being on the spectrum on next or this week's episode of Mostly Babbling Bible Man. Babble that Bible Man. Um, I guess it's a good time to wrap it up. We we didn't do like a huge walkthrough here, but we we are where we're at, James. We got it done. We got it done. And I know that there's something else I wanted to bring up while I had you on the call here and we were recording. It's out of my head right now. So you got... Was it... Yeah? Was it like, hey, can I play Oddwalla this week or something? I don't know. Hey, James... I need to get a I need to get a song on for this week. So do you got a song we can maybe plug on the show and maybe play and provide a link to? Oh, well, I don't know about providing a link to, but this week, March twenty fourth, uh-huh. Adwala with Dragon Boy Suede is out wherever music is found. Oh heck yeah! I thought you were going to tell me that it's out now and I can plug it in this show, but we're plugging in the we're we're. Uh, <laughs> I don't know when this comes out. <laughs> it comes out as soon as we're done, basically. All right. It's supposed to come out Monday night, and it's Tuesday. What can you do? But um, I'll figure out some song to put on there, James. And Oddwalla, we're checking it out. We've already heard it there on the on the Grift Horse Discord, and we love it. It's classic Dragon Boy Suede stuff. Everybody else is going to love it, too. James, I love the fact that you're working with him now, because it seems like you know his voice and you know how to, you know, mix songs with him and provide him with beats. I like it, man. Hell yeah, thank you. I'm not just saying that like as, you know, like I'm, you know, because we're friends or whatever. I was a fan of yours before I met you. So it's sincere words. So you have, we have the Oddwalla plug. James, here's your opportunity to get one more plug in before we hang up. Patreon.com forward slash MLM pod, where for $5 a month, you get exclusive content every single Friday. Heck yeah. And for me, you can find me over at Intro Void. All my music's up there on Spotify and all the streaming places. Keep listening to Sweet Shot of Time because we're going to start doing Dark pretty soon. I'm kind of nervous because it is a pretty intense show. We're going to be talking about all kinds of intense topics. I'm into it. Um... But for us, Sweet Shot of Time, that's it for this week. Join us next week where we're going to be talking about episode eight of Wheel of Time. James and myself wrapping that series up before next season two starts up. Sweet Shot of Time. James, I hope you and all the listeners always find lots of water and shade. I hope you just find water as you're saying, chips ahoy. Yummy. Bye-bye, James. Because if you're on a a boat and you can't find water, sorry, boat's not effective. You're landlocked, buddy. Bye. Bye. (laughs) 